Hey guys, welcome to this Monday's episode of the podcast. Uh, today's episode is a little disheartening. Uh, we got some new news over the weekend of a terrible accident that just occurred. Um, so that'll be part of our news story today. And uh, just some other things that are going around the world that they're not looking too hot right now, guys. So I just want to encourage you guys to, uh, you know, look at the fragility of life. Enjoy life for what it is. Uh, Keep those who are close in your life, your family and your friends, uh, close to you. Spend time with them. Don't take them for granted. And uh, we're going to get into this podcast today. So some of the stuff we're going to talk about, mainly number one, is the Kobe Bryant uh, accident that happened. Uh, unfortunately, we lost a, a great basketball player today. And uh, so we're going to look into that and what are the kind of the details surrounding this accident and things like that. Uh, the second piece of news that we have is a U.S. military aircraft uh, crashing in Afghanistan today as well. Um, so this Monday isn't looking that good um, in terms of just the accidents that are occurring and uh, news that we're getting from international sources. Our third piece of news will be about uh, an explosion that occurred in Alabama um, to docked vessels in a marina. And so we're going to investigate what was going on there um, and the casualties that came out of that. And for our last piece of news, we're going to look a little bit more on the coronavirus that uh, I'm sorry as well, I've been mispronouncing it. It's a coronavirus uh, that has been occurring in China and how that is uh, ultimately spreading a little bit more into other nations and how it is affecting countries like Canada now. Uh, and ultimately the states and how we're seeing exponential growth and detection of this disease. So we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, but without further ado, I'm Kevin, your host, and you are listening to A Mention with Kevin. Let's begin. So, uh, the first piece of news is on Kobe Bryant. The Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame is bypassing the normal election process and making the late Kobe Bryant the first inductee of the 2020 class, uh, The Athletic reported today. Expected to be arguably the most epic class ever with Kobe, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett, Hall of Fame Chairman Jerry Colangelo said, per the report, Kobe will be honored the way he should be. Kobe Bryant, 41, died Sunday along with his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, Gianna and seven others in a helicopter crash near Calabasas, California. By the way, this is episode number 19. It is January 27th, 2020. Uh, if you do know me, I am quite an NBA fanatic. I love watching the NBA, and that's just because of the passion that I have for basketball and the love for the game has bled over into watching professional players and respecting their game and how they change the game and their passion for the game as well and what they can do with kind of their influence and their status. So we learned that a great player and, and one of the players ultimately who got me interested in basketball, he, he was well known when I was in elementary school. And his name was thrown around the, the school ground uh, basketball courts all the time. 
Uh, he was a legend. He had such a good work ethic and mentality about the game and a desire to, to help others and mentor others uh, that I really looked up to him. And he kind of started me on my journey with basketball. Anyway, as an 18-time All-Star, a five-time NBA champion, and four-leading scorer in league history, Kobe Bryant was virtually assured of being elected on the first ballot in his first year of eligibility this year anyway. The other 2020 finalists will be announced February 14th during All-Star Weekend. The rest of the class will be announced in April at the Final Four, and Bryant's posthumous induction will take place in Springfield, uh, uh, Massachusetts on August 29th. Um, So yeah, so some, some disheartening news. They were talking about how uh, his private helicopter was taking him and some seven other his daughter and seven other passengers to one of his daughter's tournaments, um, her basketball tournaments. As it seems that Gianna was was Kobe Bryant's next project. Kobe has an incredible work ethic where he likes to focus on one thing and accomplish whatever goals he sets for that that one thing. And, and, and do his best and ultimately sacrifice everything to achieve whatever he can. This can be observed in, in his rings that he won while he played for the Lakers. This can be observed with the movies that he's directed or the short films that he's done that he's won Oscars for. Um, he's fluent in Italian and he's only lived there. I believe he lived there for a small period of time, but he continues to continue to keep that up. I'm sorry. It's difficult to kind of talking about Kobe like that. Um, there's some other things about Kobe as well, about his mentorship on off the court, um, encouraging other players and kind of teaching them how to discipline themselves. So Kobe's daughter, Gianna, was actually his next project. I think he saw in her a desire to play like her father and be the legacy of the Bryants to uh, play in the WNBA or professionally. And, and I believe Kobe was fostering that immensely providing her the best resources he could. Unfortunately, when their helicopter um, took off, it was a really hazy morning. There was a lot of fog warnings within the California area, and it appeared that the helicopter crashed in the cliffside of Calabasas. Unfortunately, uh, no survivors from this. So our our thoughts and prayers are with the, the Bryant family at this time. And with all you basketball NBA fanatics and Kobe heads, um, we just we extend our, our, our sincerest apologies to the Bryant family. And it's a tough time. Uh, but I, I'm sure that um, this community, and from what I've seen from, from the games that were played on Sunday night, everybody understands the gravity of, of the effect and the influence he's had on each and every other player in the league. Um, every game started off with 24, uh, the 24-second shot clock being violated in honor of Kobe Bryant wearing the number 24 when he played for the Lakers. All right, for our second piece of news, we're going to move on from Kobe Bryant. A U.S. military aircraft crashed in eastern Afghanistan today. An American official said, adding that there were no indications so far it had been brought down by enemy fire. The spokesperson for U.S. forces in Afghanistan, Colonel Sony Legette, said that the military plane, a Bombardier E-11A, crashed in the Ghazini province, and an investigation into the causes had begun. 
The Bombardier E-11A is a U.S. Force electronic surveillance plane. Video from the crash site circulating on social media appeared to show its charred ruins. U.S. Secretary of Defense Mark Esper declined to comment further on the crash during a news conference along with France's defense minister in Washington. I'm aware of the situation, said Esper. I have nothing further to report at this time. As the matter develops, we develop it and we will update the media. A Taliban spokesperson and Afghan journalist affiliated with the militia group had earlier said the mysterious crash was a U.S. military aircraft. Tariq Ghazniwal, a journalist in the area, said he was he saw the burning aircraft. In an exchange on Twitter, he told the Associated Press he saw two bodies and the front of the aircraft was badly burned. He added the aircraft's body and tail were hardly damaged. The, his information could not be identified independently verified. Ghaznivawal said the crash site was about 10 kilometers from a U.S. military base. However, pictures on social media purportedly from the crash site showed that what could be remains of the Bombardier E-11 aircraft, which the U.S. military used for electronic surveillance um, over Afghanistan. Images on the social media purportedly of the crash plane show an airplane bearing a U.S. Air Force marking similar to the EA at uh, the E11A surveillance aircraft photographed by aviation enthusiasts. Visible registration numbers on the plane also appear to match those aircraft. The US and Taliban are negotiating a reduction in hostiles or a ceasefire to allow peace agreement to be signed that could bring home an estimated 13,000 American troops and open the way to a broader post-war deal for Afghans. The Taliban currently control or hold sway over around half the country. Arif Nouri, spokesperson for the provincial governor, said the plane went down around 1.10 p.m. local time in Dekayak district, some 130 kilometers southwest of the capital, Kabul. He said that the crash site is in the territory controlled by the Taliban. Two province provincial councils also confirmed the crash. The montaneous Ghazni province sits in the footholds of the Hindi, Hindu Kush mountains and is bitterly cold in winter. The Taliban currently control or hold sway over around half the country. The war, however, has seen a number of deadly crashes of military aircrafts. One of the most spectacular occurred in 2013 when an American Boeing 747 cargo jet crashed shortly after takeoff from Bagram Air Base, north of Kabul, en route to Dubai in the United Emirates, uh, Arab Emirates. All seven crew members were killed. The U.S. National Transportation Safety Board investigation found that large military vehicles were inadequately secured and had shifted during flight, causing damage to the control systems that rendered the airplane uncontrollable. So they're still kind of investigating this um, mysterious crash. Uh, it'll be interesting what they come back with. Um, but just sad to see um, something like this, a vehicle like this, and obviously the pilots um, have not been recovered and they've, n they've not said anything if there has been um, any casualties yet. But hopefully we'll, we'll be updated with the news soon enough. Moving on to our third piece of news. At least, three, at least eight people were killed early this morning in an explosion fire that consumed dozens of vessels docked at a marina along the Tennessee River in northern Alabama. Scottsboro Fire Chief Gene Neckclus 
said that all eight people who were known to be missing have been confirmed dead and that the number could go up because we don't know how many were on the boats that sank. The fire began just after midnight at Jackson County Park Marina and quickly consumed the wooden dock as people were sleeping. At least 30, uh, 35 vessels went up in flames and an aluminum roof that covered many of the boats melted and collapsed, cutting off escape routes and raining debris over the area as boaters leapt into the river. It was scary. The worst thing for me is that you could hear people screaming for help and there was nothing we could do. Nobody could do anything to get them, said Julie Jackson, who lives with her husband and son in a houseboat on another dock that did not burn at the marina. At least seven people were sent to hospital suffering from exposure to flames or the frigid water. Necklaus said that the burning boats sank at the dock and others floated away before going under. He said divers need to locate each one and search them individually before they can be sure there were no other victims. We woke up early hearing screams and poppy noises, said Mandy Jerram, who was with her boyfriend in a nearby boat. When we woke up, we could see red through the window. Within 15 to 20 minutes, the whole dock was in flames, she added. All these boats must have had propane tanks and gas tanks, and that's a lot of fire. The blaze destroyed the B dock about 45 meters from the A dock where the boats of Durham's boyfriend were moored. There were numerous people rescued from the water who had, es who had escaped by going into the water, Jackson County Sheriff Deputy Rocky Harnan told the Associated Press shortly after dawn. We're trying to get divers down here to search for possible victims. People were jumping into a boat at the end of the dock because fire had consumed the middle portion, and that was their only escape. But when the flames spread to that boat, leaving water as their only way out, said uh, Durham, water has only was the only place they had to go, Durham said. It's extremely sad. It's horrible. Georgia resident Michael Watson said his aunt lived with her husband and five children on one of the boats that was burned. He said his aunt was confirmed dead among uh, the authorities, uh, and they're still looking for the six other family members. Officials have not released the names of any others of those killed or missing. Reaching the victims proved challenging for rescue crews. The damage from the dock had fallen on top of the boats, and some of the boats have drifted off, Harnan said. Hours after sunrise, smoke was still rising from the remains of the dock, and pieces of metal that once formed the roof were partially submerged. Police and fireboats with flashing lights were positioned near the charred remains, and a yellow floating boom was being deployed around the marina to contain spilled fuel. Most of the boats were destroyed. Uh, that were destroyed had people living on them permanently, but some mainly spent weekends on them, Durham said. The park included a boat ramp, a dock, and a restaurant, and offered boat rentals according to Jackson County's government website. Everybody is just hoping to find the ones they knew on the dock. There were families there. It's devastating, Durham said. Authorities will continue to search and rescue efforts in addition to environmental cleanup before concentrating on determining the cause of the fire, Necklace said. So it's just sad to see this kind of incident occur uh, within Alabama, uh, that people were sleeping and that uh, this fire broke out and it was quick because uh, most, like, like it was said before, all of these boats were living boats. Uh, so they had large propane tanks or other fuel uh, storage areas. And this just allowed the fire to spread rapidly and grow. So it's unfortunate to hear that so many people were lost in this. Um, and it's sad to, to kind of hear that small children were aboard some of these boats. Uh, 
that the water was frigid cold and um, that a lot of people are, are sent to hospital from even jumping in the water. So you kind of worry about those children if, if their only means of escape was the water that they'll be found soon. Um, so we'll be checking in on this uh, later if we hear any more news on this. And on our last piece of news, we will talk again about the coronavirus that is going around uh, that started in Wuhan, China. So, the death toll from China's new coronavirus grew to 80 on Monday, as residents of Hubei province, where the disease originated, were banned from entering Hong Kong amid global efforts to halt the rapid spread of the outbreak. The number of deaths from the flu-like virus in Hubei climbed from 56 to 76 overnight. Health commissioner officials said with four deaths elsewhere in the country. The total number of confirmed cases in China has risen to 2,744. China's cabinet said it would extend the long weekend Lunar New Year holiday by three days to February 2nd in a bid to slow the spread of the virus. The Hubei city of Wuhan, the epicenter of the outbreak, is already under virtual lockdown, with severe restriction on movement in place in several other Chinese cities. Beijing has called up for transparency in managing the crisis after public trust has eroded by a cover-up spread of SARS, a coronavirus that originated in China and killed nearly 800 people globally in 2002 and 2003. The newly identified coronavirus has created alarm because much about it is still unknown, such as how dangerous it is and how easily it spreads between people. It can cause pneumonia, which has been deadly in some cases. The virus, believed to have originated in a seafood market in Wuhan that was illegally selling wildlife, has already spread to cities including Beijing and Shanghai. The World Health Organization said last week's stopped short call of calling the outbreak a global health emergency, but some experts question whether China can contain the epidemic. World Health Organization Director General Tedros Adhanom Jebrisis said on Saturday he was on his way to Beijing to meet officials and health experts dealing with the coronavirus. My World Health Organization colleagues and I would like to understand the latest development and strengthen our partnership with China in providing further protection against the outbreak, he said on Twitter. Chinese-ruled Hong Kong has confirmed six cases and said it would ban entry from Monday uh, which was today, people who have visited Hubei province in the last 14 days. The ban does not apply to Hong Kong residents. Airports around the world have stepped up screening passengers from China, although some health officials and experts have questioned the effectiveness of these efforts. France, Italy, Japan, and the United States said they are all working to evacuate citizens from Wuhan. France said it is expected to repatriate up to a few hundred of its 800 citizens living in the Wuhan area. Evacuees could have, have to spend 14 days in quarantine to avoid spreading the disease in France. Hubei Prov uh, Governor Wang Xiangdong said that at a news conference on Sunday, he felt agonized and responsible for the outbreak. He described the situation as severe and said medical supplies were still tight. News of the press conference has sparked anger on Weibo, China's equivalent to Twitter, although social media platforms in China usually do delete such sensitive content. He thinks one sentence of apology will be enough to solve the problem. Let's await the judgment of the people of the country, one user posted. 
China's health minister has indicated the ability of a new strain of coronavirus to spread in his country is getting stronger and the number of infections could continue to rise. Ma Xiaowei spoke Sunday after China released new figures showing the death toll from the virus. The, transmili- the transmissibility shows signs of increasing and the walking source of infection, where patients have few dis- signs of disease, has made it difficult to control and prevent the disease. For this new coronavirus, we have not identified the source of the infection and we are not clear about the risk of its mutation and how it spreads. Since it's a new coronavirus, there might be some changes in the coming days and weeks, and the danger it poses to people of different ages is also changing, he said. The minister declined to estimate how long it would take to bring the situation under control, but said travel restrictions and other strict measures should bring results at the lowest cost and fastest speed. The U.S. has confirmed five cases, all among people who travel to Wuhan, health officials said Sunday. Two new cases were reported Sunday, one in Los Angeles County in California and the other in Macropa County, Arizona. The latter case was somebody with ties to Arizona State University who did not live in student housing, state health officials said. The three previous reported cases were a patient in Orange County, California, a man in his 30s in Washington State, and a woman in her 60s from Chicago. The U.S. patients generally have been reported to be in good condition and were hospitalized in isolation for monitoring. The U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention expect many more Americans to be diagnosed with a newly discovered virus, which is believed to have incubated uh, an incubation period of about two weeks. As worldwide, the number of confirmed cases nears 2,000. The CDC is screening passengers on direct and connecting flights from Wuhan at five major airports in Atlanta, Chicago, New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. CDC officials noted Sunday that more than two dozen people who have been suspected of having the illness ended up testing negative. In Canada, health officials in Ontario on Saturday confirmed its first presumptive case of coronavirus, a man in his 50s who was in Wuhan before flying into Toronto on January 22nd. So that is just an update how the coronavirus is going it looks like it's spreading a little bit more uh but i think people are taking this a lot more seriously especially the government of canada and their our health government a lot of these countries as well are starting to put travel bans are starting to be a little bit more stricter at airports and i think a lot more people are being brought information about this virus and they're being informed about it so uh, we're seeing other cases, and even here in Canada, the first reported case, um, it, it's being projected in the airports about what to expect if you have these symptoms and what where you should call. Um, the man obviously did that after uh, finding that his symptoms worsened, and they were starting to appear a lot closer to the ones that were stated in these, um, I guess, announcements, service announcements that that the airport in Toronto, Pearson Airport, was delivering. Um, So hopefully more people will be informed, more people will be more cautious, and if they are dealing with these symptoms, they can recognize it and go to the proper medical facilities to treat it. But uh, we can only hope from here, um, see how the World Health Organization deals with this again. They haven't raised the alarm yet, uh, but we're hoping that, um, I don't know, more health, ministers, more 
uh, government health programs will be put into effect here to, to try to contain this and, and view this as a serious uh, issue right now. So that is the coronavirus right now as we speak. All right, we're well, gonna go into our little fun section. In this section I, I kind of wanted to dedicate again to number 24 or number eight, uh, however you remember him on the Lakers, to Kobe. Uh, we got a funny message from one of our viewers. It's about basketball, and I just thought it appropriate after sitting through just to kind of answer this a little bit. Um, so the question is from uh, a young woman. She says, how can I learn about basketball in the NBA? I'm trying to impress a boy I like. And then she writes, yeah, that's pretty much it. Is there books I can read, specific terms, and players I should be definitely know about? I have no idea to where to start to learn about basketball. So, viewer, um, I'm assuming you're pretty young, maybe in high school or something like that. I first learned about basketball uh, probably from watching a lot of games that were on either uh, TNT or uh, Sportsnet. That's what we have in Canada. I guess a lot of it is trying to find a favorite team and trying to find a team that you can root for. Um, so you can check it out online. You can check out each each team has kind of an NBA page or a YouTube channel. You can go into NBA uh, YouTube account and they post game highlights. And from that, maybe you can choose a team. I am living in Toronto, so my favorite team is the Raptors. Uh, but I usually have some other underdog teams that I really like to root for, like the Atlanta Hawks, for example who have Vince Carter, John Collins, and one of my favorite players right now in the league, Trey Young. So finding kind of a favorite team is, is a really good way to get into the NBA. What really fueled my passion, though, is um, I saw these players, and I, I particularly am a, kind of an anomaly because I heard the story of Jeremy Lin. And I kind of fell in love with this story of Jeremy Lin being this underdog, uh, this unrepresentative, uh, underrepresented uh, person within the NBA being Asian American and having no other Asian Americans visible Asian Americans within the NBA and having to fight the system in that regard because a lot of people didn't view Asian Americans as being capable of playing in the NBA level. So his story really, really resonated with me and I could really respect what he went through um, in terms of being picked up by the Mavericks summer team, being dropped, being brought on by Houston, being brought on by Golden State, um, but playing like very small minutes and then finally getting to the Knicks and having Linsanity. Um, and so my, my way, I was kind of drawn to it by following this player and kind of following his career. And so I, my, my favorite teams used to be always the team that Jeremy Lin used to play on. So I guess right now you can say my favorite team is the Beijing Ducks. Jeremy Lin also had a very close connection with the Lakers. Um, so if you're looking for kind of how to get into the NBA, I would say that there's three major franchises that kind of dominate it completely. The Lakers are one of them. Um, they have quite a dynasty, and they've, they've built up quite quite a team over the years, and, and they still have a, a team right now that is very, very good. I'd say another team that, that has kind of cemented themselves in history is Chicago Bulls because of what Michael Jordan has done for them. Uh, Michael Jordan being such an iconic player for them and doing what he did. And it's the same with what Kobe did with the Lakers. And then I would say the Boston Celtics would be the third other franchise that's kind of built its legacy there with, with players like Kevin Garnett or Larry Bird. Um, so kind of choosing one of those or 
reading up on it. I, I tend to use Yahoo Sports to read up on my stories with that uh, because I play in a fantasy league, and I find that pretty good. But kind of seeing the highlights on YouTube, that's a really easy way. I find as well, if you're trying to learn basketball, maybe you can impress this boy. This is kind of silly because you're trying to impress a boy with this. Um, but kind of play basketball on the courts and talk to people and get to know things from other people. I find that the best way. People know like their favorite magazine that they read about uh, basketball, stuff like that. Um, people really like uh, different, like I guess, movies or documentaries. That are, uh, Netflix came out with one, I think it's called Amateur or something like that. That was about the story of this high school kid that was trying to get work towards being professional and the struggle that it was uh, being a basketball player and um, being acquired by some other teams and having sponsors and not being paid money before you get into college so that you can play professionally. There's a lot behind that. And so that was a very good document documentary. Of course, I would always recommend seeing Linsanity. I find that um, such a great story. It's very uplifting. It's positive. It has a great message for everybody. And it teaches you a lot about basketball as well and the uh, uh, and kind of um, the tricks and, and the tips of playing really well. Um, I watch a lot of basketball uh, videos on YouTube of how to play certain positions. I, I, I like to play shooting guard or power forward. And so I kind of look at those to kind of improve my game. There's a lot of training videos for that. I also find that there's a lot of players that are willing to mentor others online. Uh, Steph Curry has like a master class. I know that there's some other uh, Blake Griffin kind of training videos that are on there. And uh, Kobe Bryant even had some videos on there. Um, so if you really want to learn about the NBA and stuff like that, I, I would just search it online. Maybe start with a player that that, that has just cemented himself. Um, unfortunately, in history with, with this tragic incident, but somebody who had such great work ethic from going to the gym at 5 in the morning when he flew in for a game and practicing um, to talking to, to players at all-star games and telling them that they'll have a shot and just to keep working hard and, and doing the best that they can so they can play. Um, or just mentoring his daughter and to try to provide with for her her uh, a legacy for herself to to be as great as as, he, as, as this man once was so again uh, I, I just want to end it there with my thoughts and prayers for the bryant family for vanessa bryant and her children um, i hope the community can continue to support you and uh, you're definitely in our thoughts and prayers right now so with that guys i want to thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast uh, it's been kind of somber um, this has really kind of affected me in the way that Kobe Bryant has influenced my life and he's really changed it. Um, but I, I'll, I promise to be a little bit um, happier maybe in the next episode. Uh, hopefully things will kind of, I can look up and, and be encouraged with, with just the good that he's done in his life. So with that, guys, I want to thank you again for listening. Don't forget to brush your teeth and floss, and I will see you on the next one. Ciao.